0: I love your show. I think it's great. Other than that, I don't know anything about love because this is a pointless voicemail. And if you play it, I apologize to anyone listening. and welcome to episode 50 of grumpy old ben's i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside of chi-rack where there's finally snow on the ground and the temperatures are hovering around zero happy valentine's day
1: and from america's left coast where if you can't be with the one you love love the one you're with I'm Ryan Bemrose.
0: That was a song, man. If you can't be with the one You're you sure? love. Because
1: I was pretty sure it was love a Hallmark card. With
0: It might be. <laughs> I mean, do they, do they still make them. Unfortunately, instead of like 50 cents, 75 cents, maybe I think like a buck, if I remember uh, right, were the expensive no, ones like no, when I was try, in high school.
1: Try, yeah. Try 325 now for a cheapo card. Like,
0: that's just, not right. Just
1: has a stylized love on the front that you, you know. The kind of of art on the front of the card that is the stuff that you'd find in the reject pile on no agenda art generator
0: (laughs) hey there's some good stuff in no agenda art generator of course this though this week was uh was plagiarized was taken directly from a t-shirt site and that's a no-no so somebody will get lambasted for that one uh did, did you
1: hear about that on no agenda social
0: i did well, no, I heard about it actually on Twitter because um, you know that's where the artists talk.
1: Oh well, no wonder I'm not an artist. God, <laughs> if that's the price of admission, fuck that. And no agenda socials having some issues, I guess. Well, sort of. I'm I'm having issues. Would you believe that? No,
0: um, never. I, it,
1: uh, do you really want me to start the whole thing with a rant?
0: I think so. I mean, it's Valentine's <clears throat> Day. Show a little love, and I mean, it's this again. We get how these things work, and. I appreciate Aaron, Er, the guy that runs no agenda social, but I think it may be getting hard for one person to be in charge of a site that is getting that much traffic. It really has been growing. And as things grow, sometimes they move a little bit out of the realm of one person being able to handle it. But I mean, thank him for his courage. Thank him for setting this thing up. There's a lot of work involved. I don't doubt that for a minute so so
1: my issue is actually has nothing to do with Erner. it has everything to do with the mastodon software released uh an update and uh you know we've we've definitely spoken before on this show about my my assertion that updates exist for the software developer they're not for the user the vast majority of users really just want their shit to keep working and they don't want to think about the software that they're using to run it right but software developers think about the software all the time it's what they do and so they think about oh well there's that one feature that's not complete or oh that's there's that one niggling bug that hits you know 12 users out of the the hundred thousand that use my app and so the software developers because that's what they do they develop They're the ones who care about the updates and they want to push updates all the time. And, of course, partly an ego thing and partly a a support thing where you don't want to support multiple versions. Uh, All software developers have the urge to make certain that the moment they're done with an update, everybody runs it the moment that it's ready to go. And the result is that users, the vast majority of whom do not give a shit about your update and just want their stuff to keep working and don't want to think about your software. Um, they just, I mean, we, we've reached a point where we accept updates and everybody says, Oh, you have to update your software, update your software. And of course the, the, the camel nose in the door is security because a, a tiny percentage of the updates are, are for security. And, and yes, you definitely need to take security updates, but that's not what most updates are. And so Mastodon pushed out an update, which Aaroner dutifully applied to No Agenda Social. That completely destroyed my ability to log in on the desktop. Now, as a user, I, I'm going to have to go in and I'm going to have to read the fucking Mastodon code now to find out why. And and I know that it, the you know the fact that I'm the only one complaining about this means that it has something to do with the fact that I run my browser relatively secure and I don't let every freaking site on the internet runs scripts and everything um but i'm pretty sure that the new mastodon software just said oh yeah well you know we need to use this library for some uh, doorbell feature or some bullshit that nobody
0: cares about (laughs) i don't know i think mastodon may be one of these pieces of software that you've talked about a lot in the past that is released long before it's ready for prime time and in these and oh, these absolutely. crowd, you know, these crowdsource and things. You we know, we are the beta users, right? It's, the beta testers. And
1: they don't have testers. We're the testers. That's so. That's when they find a problem,
0: they want to update it. I get it. But yeah, you, it's kind of. I know there was a problem about a week ago or so where anybody trying to post was getting a 500 error. I'm assuming this was all related to the same update that has locked you out, or maybe locking you out is uh, it's a feature.
1: <laughs> it could be. Well, yeah, but uh. uh I'm still able to get in on my phone using an app. I hate apps. But anyway, yeah. So the the screen that I get when I try to go to noagendasocial.com is due to a bug in our code or a browser compatibility issue, this page could not be displayed correctly. Try refreshing the page. If that does not help, you may still be able to use Mastodon through a different browser or native app which means that they've gone and either just straight up broken compatibility with the browser that i've been using the whole time because you know fuck you sir bemrose how dare you use a browser that isn't chrome or they're trying to bring in some javascript library that they download from facebook or google or some other site that you really should be blocking at the dns level
0: which is possible too i've noticed a lot of sites where that happens now where if you can't log in you go and turn the the pie hole off for a minute oh now it'll log in surprise yeah. surprise
1: yeah that's that's how front end and development is done these days and in client-side development is is nobody writes their own code anymore they just go out and get a giant plethora of pre-made javascript libraries from dynamically from everywhere it's why you know you go load a, a single blog article and you get 12 megabytes of data taken down to your client it's because there's 300 JavaScript libraries that they have to download to your client just to display all the ads
0: and, and Progo. turn off
1: JavaScript. The only thing you get is the text of the article, which I know is is a terrible substandard experience. But it's how I how I roll.
0: Well, you roll in all sorts of odd ways. So. Progo in the troll room. And if you're not in the troll room, when we do the show live Fridays at 11 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Pacific, you're missing out. Noagendastream.com is where you can get in the chat room slash troll room talk to us during the show and listen along live as we're recording the show his question was is mastodon now a full-time job and i would say not for people that are running it just for themselves or a few friends their instance
1: not even a full-time job for the people who are developing there they're like uh let's open up my ide let's shit some new code out okay ship it Everybody else will test it and if there's any bugs, they'll tell us.
0: But it is a pretty big time constraint for somebody running a site and trying to keep it up and running that has thousands of users. It becomes, yes, a lot more difficult. I think it was something that the original concept was everybody, well, every dude named Ben, every tech person in the world could run their own server and then give that to their friends and family, and then these would all federate. I don't know if they ever imagined things like no agenda and i'm sure there are other large instances out there that would have uh, we're of not even a large instance i think that is when you go look at the number of people on the individual instances and when all these things come in i mean i know gab is out there and i think that is mastodon but then kind of uh kind of tweaked for their end but yeah. overall i think no agenda is one of the larger instances but and it's one server which again it's there's there's your downfall there there's no really fall over if one server gets ddos or if one server kind of gets overloaded a little bit there's not much you can do but the technology is growing and which each of these updates we hope it gets better and not worse but uh, you know at least it's a service i'm glad you used an app what are you using tusky on the uh, android yes uh i believe it or not i actually
1: have a custom build of tusky I stopped using the official build from the play store or wherever they get it, uh, back when the, the authors of the app went full SJW and started doing shit like blocking gab logins.
0: Yeah. Well,
1: and I, I so what I ended up doing was I forked the code and now whenever there's a fork, I usually just pull the new code and then remove all of their retarded SJW shit and then sideload it onto my, uh, the APK onto my phone.
0: Unless because you're a dude named ben you know what you're yeah. doing
1: <clears throat> and because i i like to create extra work for myself just based on principles it's it's the best thing about it is of course i don't have a gab login so it really wouldn't affect me i just don't want to be running their sjw bullshit app
0: well it makes sense and i yeah i hate this stuff with the when it comes down to all of this Deplatforming and censoring and all of that. And we need to do another show on that at one point. Uh, I'm going to invite, I don't know if he'll want to come on the show or not, but I want to invite Dick Masterson on because he just uh, was commenting again. He's a guy, if you don't know Dick, that has a podcast, was deplatformed, started his own Patreon, although I think he's still on Patreon. He has his own version of Patreon up for people that have been deplatformed. And he was one, there was a recent news story that one of these new laws in california and i mean i know they got a lot of them was going to be a big problem for the youtubes and these other platforms that want to be able to censor and silence people due to the fact that it's considered um, you know tortious interference with a business because somebody's doing business on youtube they're making money So, if youtube comes and takes you off the platform they're hurting your ability to make money. Now, we normally would just think of this as you really can't do anything about it because it's YouTube's ball and they can do whatever they want. But it turns yeah. out there's a law in California that's making this way oh, tougher. there's a law in California you don't say. I know. There's a lot of laws in California. But here's the interesting thing this law is, you know, not that it should surprise me because California is going completely socialist slash communist. So it shouldn't surprise me that there's a law in California that's going after the big bad tech guys which i'm not saying they don't deserve to be gone after but i think we all know yes. that uh, I'm, I'm very torn on this for various reasons because i believe the big tech companies should be able to do business without the government interference but then you also get this crap where they want to silence people just because they're You know christian or because they say they don't believe in abortion i mean because one one of the
1: only urges of of those california socialists that is stronger than the urge to pick up apps and use the newest latest thing is the urge to make sure to tear down every instance of that evil capitalism everywhere so that we can force everybody into the you know equality and, and socialist poverty and I'm I, you know what? We don't need a socialist rant on this show,
0: the government mothership. But in this case, there is a law in California that has to do with arbitration that individual users. So if you get deplatformed, if you were, say, on YouTube, Sir Bemrose, and you were silenced or deplatformed, you could say that you wanted to go to arbitration. Well, here's the funny thing. When you say you want to go to arbitration, the company has to put up. Ten thousand dollars, YouTube, in order to start oh, the arbitration process. And I think you read the same article I did. I it, loved it. Yeah, that's this was Dick uh, Dick Masterson. That's the reason I saw this article. He posted a link to it, and it's like, well, if five hundred people do this at once, that's five million bucks, and that's a lot of money coming out of these uh pockets of these big tech giants. And we can only hope this is something that might slow down at least the deplatforming. I mean, we shouldn't ever need to have the need for a mastodon type thing i mean it's nice to go off with people that you agree with and have a little closed off system like we have i mean it still is federated but you have your own little community you should have been able to do that on twitter without fear that you were going to have people that were going to be deplatformed so it'll be interesting to watch that
1: story that i read and and it's it's worth bringing up because it, it there's some fantastic schadenfreude here uh, against the particular Silicon Valley company, uh, the story I read was about the company DoorDash, who have they they provide an app where uh, they they try to emulate the Uber model of bringing food to your house. And it's funny because we'll go into our, our local restaurant here, or you know we have a couple that we're regulars at, and you know Dame Bemrose and I we're so old fashioned that when we want to go out to eat, we actually go out to eat. Yes. But when you walk by the the checkout register at the place, there's always a little tag or plate or sticker that says, you know, DoorDash wait here or something like that. Right. Because now this app, DoorDash, has offered people a chance to uh, order out their food through the app and then somebody participating in the gig economy will go by the restaurant, pick up a to-go order and then come and deliver it. Which is a neat idea, except that, of course, being a Silicon Valley startup who knows a little bit about writing an app and has a great idea, but usually um, not so good with some of the people parts of it, they've been in trouble before. Uh, One of the big trouble things that they went into was uh, that when people tipped, because, of course, in America, we have a culture where we tip delivery men, call that good or bad. I'm sorry, delivery people wouldn't want to misgender someone. Uh, but people in the U.S. believe in tipping. So when somebody comes and brings you food, you usually give a tip. DoorDash would take the tip because, of course, you you don't hand somebody cash. Nobody uses cash. What you would do is you would use the convenient button in the app that says, give a tip. DoorDash kept it and then docked it from their pay, which meant that when you were tipping somebody, it had nothing to do with the person who was giving it who was bringing you the food it was going all to the app so they got into some real problems with that a while back that wasn't even the problem here but it it kind of shows the attitude of the silicon valley company especially toward their their gig economy workers um well the workers got fed up with something or other and they for decided to force arbitration uh or I'm sorry, the DoorDash contract has the, the standard forced arbitration clause that says, you cannot class action sue us. You have to go into arbitration if you have a beef. Right. That That's the standard clause that every fucking company puts in their contracts these days because they don't want to pay lawyers for class action and because arbitration is cheaper. Except that the DoorDash drivers, there are so many of them. They had like 5,000 people who were going to sign on to this class action DoorDash came up and beat them with the contract and said, You can't go into arbitration or you have to go into arbitration. They're like, Okay, every individual one of us is going to force arbitration. And that's like $1,000 per person. And, and DoorDash up. is now looking at $10 million upfront in arbitration fees, even if they win all 5,000 cases. And so they, they appealed to the judge and said, Hey, can we make this class action? And the judge is like, <laughs> No,
0: you put this shit in your contract. Yeah, you started this you started that boulder down the hill so i i
1: cannot muster up much sympathy for it. i mean you know i do approve of companies trying new things and and you know experimenting and you know, you got a great idea go start a company and that's definitely a silicon valley thing but at the same time the silicon valley culture of people treating people like usable consumable resources is getting a lot of them in trouble and when when you're shitty to people you need to reap the rewards of that and that's what's happening here so that was
0: well yeah and a little okay. tip would be don't use doordash don't use uber eats don't use any of these it's well it, they're scam. apps. well they're, i know they're apps and if you can order directly from the restaurant that yeah. if you want the restaurant to stay around because here there's something that i didn't know except that i Know people that own restaurants and the amount that they have to pay, and I think I talked about this maybe on a grumpy old Ben's, but I think maybe on a random thoughts, whichever. I'll repeat it because it's worth repeating. All of these individual apps, all of these services, are taking between twenty five and thirty three percent of the total order. So if you order a hundred dollars worth of pizzas, DoorDash is charging the pizza place thirty three dollars to order to deliver it to your house it's nuts
1: and a lot of these places you know from i mean you obviously remember back in the day delivery food delivery was a thing before apps right a lot of these places will have a guy who is usually the dude who buses tables but it's slow in the dining room and you call them up on the phone i know this I, i know you have to talk on the phone millennials get over it deal you call somebody on the phone and you place an order and you give them your address and a lot of places uh especially for some reason pizza in America um they will just have a guy who is like yeah he he works for the restaurant and he will bring it to you and deliver and then you pay him
0: or or her right the weird thing is when it comes to delivery is that I mean at least here in Illinois I'm not sure how it is in other states usually we're pretty much similar to California and a few others in order to be a waiter waitress at any place here in illinois you have to be licensed by the state of illinois so if you're 16 years old you're in high school you just want to work at the pizza place on weekends you have to get licensed by the state of illinois Uh, they don't do this with the drivers so why is the 16 year old girl that is going to carry my pizza from the kitchen to my table where her boss everybody in the restaurant can see what she's doing with the food can she's out in the open, but Somebody that takes your food, puts it in their car and drives it to you and does who knows what with your food. No licensing needed. No background checks. You don't know who's to bring your food to you.
1: I don't know. But for the sake of her job, you had better hope that nobody in the Illinois bureaucracy is listening to this or they're going to close that loophole.
0: Well, they should. They should make it so that the delivery drivers have to be licensed as food handlers
1: no why why is it necessary to have the the government state licensing anything at all
0: because i don't want some random person who you can't be tracked bringing food to anyone this would be a and, great and way think, to be a, this would be a this great way a to be use, a killer
1: you think this is a good use of of sending people with guns to your house is <laughs> well, making it so that people cannot engage in commerce i'd rather have them bring
0: they pizzas have, to my house but
1: if well, if if people with guns are standing behind the person taking the pizza, <laughs> says you you will pay for this pizza on pain of getting shot. That would be that would be no, a great pizza no,
0: delivery service. We call it SWAT Pizza, and we could <laughs> we could just show up at your door, knock, 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 pizza. You open up, and there's a bunch of guys with guns, but you also get the pizza. So it's a whole Tell experience. You what, if that
1: happened to me. I'd fucking pay for that pizza. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: like, you, you take cash? Yes, yes, we do. I mean, again, I understand. The, yeah. Do you take cash? Yes, we take all of it. Yes, we'll it <laughs> be coming in to take your all of your valuables with us. But it was just a weird thing to me that delivery drivers for these companies don't have to have, you know, you don't know anything about them. They get to handle your food. That's always kind of freaked me out. But the business model itself, I don't see sticking around for long. One, because they take such a high percentage. Uh, the one guy that owns a restaurant said, well, yeah, if we're busy like on a Friday or Saturday night, we could just say no when an order comes in from one of these apps. And it's like, I don't get how that works, because then I would think that would just mean nobody would ever order from that. that app. And maybe that's what should happen. But the other thing I've noticed in the area here, we've had for years, it was the first one around these delivery services for groceries called Peapod. And that is going under. Also, the other couple other stores around here were using a service called shipped, you know, it's spelled in the usual fun way, you know, SHPT or something like that. And I noticed that the larger store here has ousted them and is doing their own delivery now, because I don't think that these are sustainable business models. These were things that raised a lot of money and everybody went, yeah, this is the future, and then realized that it wasn't going to work.
1: Well, the, the Uber style business model is really difficult to create a long term business on uh, the real benefit to it, at least the benefit to society, not necessarily to the entrepreneur. Is that it starts to tear down monopolies by democratizing everything? Uh, you know, Uber was the first. Lyft is another one where they they started to tear down a long entrenched and highly regulated industry of taxis, which were not economical because the there was only like the one company in town that was licensed to do it, and they started pulling it down and tearing down old business models is is the real benefit to this but yeah most of them will go out of business and most of them should because the people running them don't understand how to run a business and that's that's the way economies work
0: and it's not convenient I mean I don't know I just the way I look at it is there is a restaurant that we go to all the time had a big margarita there yesterday yeah I could drive there in five minutes How do you have, you don't have a driver sitting there ready. Now, if it's somebody that's working for the restaurant, I get it. The order's made, the driver works for them. They bring your food to you. If it's not somebody that works for the restaurant, what if the guy that is going to be the closest one that takes your order is 15 minutes away? You know, it doesn't doesn't work for me. It's not convenient. And then you're paying more. You have to, like you said, you have to then tip the guy. I believe what we're going to see is, a lot of these restaurants using the DoorDashes and Uber Eats and all that, if they're doing business with delivery, and this is a way for them to dip their toe in, and that I get. But once they see they're getting delivery business, get the hell off the app and go to your own delivery driver. You have to be able to make more on that because you a third of the, the overall bill, that's usually the profit for a restaurant. Usually a restaurant kind of figures their uh, food costs in thirds, you know, so if you have a dish, if you walk in, let's just make it nice and easy. If you walk into a restaurant and you've got a $33 entree, most likely the food cost was 11 bucks. They figure 11 bucks for overhead, you know, staff and all of this and 11 bucks profit. That's usually a good rule of thumb. If you then say, well, your delivery is going to be 33% the restaurant is making zero on those orders so besides keeping their kitchen busy they're not making money and i don't see this being a long-term thing that'll that'll work out you know back in my day
1: if i wanted somebody else to cook for me i had to get over the the shut-in introversion and actually leave the house and go to the place where they had the kitchen Or, and you know, if have i a wanted date. food at home there were there was these special places where you could get raw uncooked unprepared food ingredients and then take them to your house and then there was a place where i could prepare a meal myself and and i get it that you know nowadays nobody has time what with the constantly grooming themselves on their app and posting selfies and whatever the fuck else people are doing that nobody has time to cook a meal anymore but that's still the primary way that i get my food
0: because it's so much cheaper (laughs) well one it's cheaper Two, the food is better. You have complete and, and, control. And I know
1: the cook, which means that I've got a pretty <laughs> good idea.
0: I'm going to have it cooked the way I like. I do. I'm the cook. I'll let this. I mean, we're talking about love and relationships today, right? Because it's Valentine's Day. I mean, we're getting around I, to. That. In theory, we haven't yet. <laughs> I've. Uh, I'm. I'm the cook in the family. I mean, I. I kid because it's. I don't want to wind up in the emergency room, and that's just slightly exaggerating. But you know, after being married 25 years, coming up here in March, uh, I mean, I think my wife's made a good. Maybe ten or twelve meals for those over those years. So I, I I like to cook. I don't like to clean, so it all works out. But uh yeah, let's we'll, let's get into that whole topic and how technology and love and all of this thing yes. in the digital age. But I want to break with our normal format here because I wanted to acknowledge a donation that came in via our PO box, our brand new PO box so i'm glad this came in it's p.o box 358 hope i'm not screwing that one up in mokina illinois 60448 you know it's an indian word but and it, and,
1: and if you want us to repeat that go to grumpyoldbens.com. it's listed there
0: yes all the information you need is there but you open up the open up the envelope and it is the infamous united federation of Planet Stationery that we've heard so much about on the no agenda show and this is a donation from sir donald of the fire bottles count of eastern washington state spokane valley washington so he's in your area there he kind of controls uh oh yeah you know you have to you have uh, to answer I, to him.
1: I, I actually well i i actually owe uh sir donald the uh what is he count now of eastern washington yes i owe him an apology um because it you know it's it's been a while that i was i was knighted on no agenda show number 406 i want to say might have that wrong um but but it's been you know many 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 no agenda shows since i was knighted and then uh I, i got my title and my lands back when there was only i was probably in the first three dozen nights And uh, and then got my lands when there were only less than 25 total people who had donated enough to get lands. But then somewhere along the line, I changed jobs, got, uh, you know, ended up with a lot less money. And at the time when when there's only 25 people, uh, I was like, well, I'm the only I'm the only Viscount in Washington. I'm just going to say the Viscount of Washington state. And I got it. Put up on the, the map as you know, Washington State was my protectorate. And then here comes Sir Donald of the Fire Bottles, who donates his knight, donates to uh, every title all the way through, and now has donated significantly more than me and has a higher title. But he decided to be Eastern Washington, and I've never been able to get the map corrected because I, I don't think I deserve the whole state anymore, right? not Not when you know, I'm such a douchebag.
0: You certainly don't. You should probably go wash his car or something for him, too. I
1: should. But, um, I mean, it's Spokane. It's cold over there.
0: Well, it's five degrees here. So, I mean, cold it's is relative. You can't really well, wash cars outside right now. I mean, it would just freeze.
1: It, it is currently, at this moment, it is 40 degrees Fahrenheit. It is foggy, drizzling, and sunny all at the same time.
0: That's uh, At least it's interesting when you look out the window. That's a plus of living in beautiful washington state but hey, i wanted to bring this up because one his note was just nice saying the p.o box helps and you're absolutely right sir donald we hope that this allows people who want to and he points out we don't have to pay a percentage to anybody it's the ultimate you can't be deplatformed nobody's taking their two percent three percent four percent whatever paypal and patreon and all these other sites take and we greatly appreciate it. and i do believe if i'm not mistaken i should have gone back to double check this but i believe this is also the largest grumpy old ben's donation to date at one two three dot four five so it's a complete honor sir donald and we're glad you're digging the show and uh i
1: i, I do believe we've gotten larger uh probably from uh baron von walkman but uh i probably shouldn't be comparing because then all of our producers just start competing and, and <laughs> they're just gonna start ratcheting up the donations and I mean, we'd, we'd have an epidemic of grumpy old Ben donations on our hands, and I don't know if I want that on my conscience.
0: That's true. That's true. And yes, uh, Jay Finley, Sir Baron Walkman, the, I know he's had a lot of donations between the show and Elver and Random Thoughts as well, and uh, we appreciate that. And also, coming in today was our buddy Omaha, who sent in a note, ITM, OMA, in the No Agenda Troll Room, just said, 50 for 50 i mean celebration and we're happy we made 50 and do you, do you feel like you're still being punked i mean uh a, a little bit is this a real podcast but not necessarily
1: now? by you <laughs>
0: by everybody else
1: yeah or maybe by
0: me by yourself <laughs> yeah. you, you're getting <laughs> I, over that hump I, well i still have self-confidence issues you know right i know and you never judge
1: i don't I, they that would be wrong
0: that would be completely wrong. So I mean, thank you, Omaha. Thank you, Sir Donald, and thank you to uh Jay Finley and J- J- Fletcher, who's on a monthly donation, Keith von Dyke, who's on a monthly donation, and all the people that have come in and helped us over this first 50 episodes. We hope to be around at least another 50 or so. Well,
1: we we have to, now that we've been given all of this value in the form of our, our P.O. box and the PayPal uh we owe them some value in the form of a podcast so do you want to get into our actual topic for the day
0: i think we should i mean it's valentine's day i mean you suggested <laughs> love as a topic and i wasn't really sure where you wanted well, it, it to was, go with it that was
1: because well okay so the thought i had in mind was we could look at at what online dating has become and and some it things around that because i figure uh y- you who have been married for 20 plus years
0: yeah 25 years in march
1: 40 40 plus years yeah and me who've been married for 15. um you know online dating wasn't really a thing when you and i were searching for mates which makes us the perfect people to talk about online dating now (laughs) because i don't know about you i I use all of these apps all the time It's not oh yeah a, a little
0: I mean, it's interesting because I wasn't even aware. I hear stories all the time from my wife. There's a guy she works with that's in the you know older and divorced and and trying to date, and she's telling me that he's on Tinder. And I'm like, well, wasn't Tinder just literally one of these swipe and hookup apps? I don't even, I don't yes, wouldn't have even thought I, it was a dating app. Is it being as, used? As
1: far as I'm aware, it's the
0: biggest one now. So it's the biggest dating app.
1: Yes, but, well, dating hookup. I'm I'm not certain there's a difference, but i I'm sure that people who are in the milieu would tell me that, oh, well, obviously, and it actually,
0: well, right, it's inter, yeah, actually, it's interesting when the online dating concept started. Well, it started before the internet. There was computer dating long yes. before the internet where people went to a service and basically filled out questionnaires, gave some information, and the magical computer sauce, the algos that were programmed in trying to put people together that the machine thought would be a good match now i'm not sure this is happening at all anymore or if this is just literally going on see a picture swipe start talking to him and i don't know which one of those is better you want to know a dirty secret sure
1: uh dame Bemrose and i actually hooked up by online dating nice um now there weren't online dating apps back then there weren't smartphones so there weren't apps um the online program that we used is one that is still known pretty well to people in the troll room it's called irc we we hung out in the same chat room now it turned out that we had met each other in in physically uh many many years before uh we were doing live action role playing but we were in different factions so aside from hanging out out of the game after you know after the game at denny's or something there there wasn't a lot going on
0: and you were the furry
1: well, we know, but we knew of each other. And then like five years later, I went off to college and then I came back and and I moved out to uh, to work at my brand new expensive job at Microsoft and living in Redmond. And I didn't know anybody and I didn't like the well, I mean, I liked hanging out with the people that I was with, but they weren't the kind of people that I hung out with. Remember, I, was, I had just been at a fraternity. And these people actually cared about you know productivity and getting jobs done so there wasn't a lot of people i could go out get drunk
0: with so bastards
1: i found some online communities and ended up you know getting really involved in in uh this one in particular and she was there and then we found out that we had met years before and then somewhere along the line and this this by the way should tell you everything you know about dame bemrose i was the tentative one and she was dropping hints left and right, and I, of course, am not picking up what she's putting down because I'm kind of oblivious about that sort of thing.
0: There the, the, everything was flying over your head. What was she doing? What were you missing?
1: Uh it just hints that she was really interested in me.
0: You know, like you should then, ask me out sometime and you're like, one, okay. one day
1: she opens up a direct message and says, I want you to date me exclusively. I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> And that was how it started
0: <laughs> and yeah and then, and
1: then a couple plane trips because she was living in in texas at the time and uh and eventually it all culminated in um i took a road trip all the way down there drove down uh with just me in the car and drove back with her and all almost everything she owned
0: wow that's like a instant love connection uh, no it was two years later oh okay so you, she knew you were coming to but pick that, her up in years before
1: her. the internet that is instant yeah that, that's practically love at first sight in what year was this uh 2004.
0: okay i will beat you with i mean i met my wife at uh we you, worked you just at married your high school sweetheart yeah well that was you know we met in uh seniors in high school at uh, we worked for the same shop bookstore um which is now bankrupt and gone but there was uh, the first girl i ever dated i met in a local chat room when i was 16 or 17. so this is going back to 1986 or 87. so you know that's that's about the uh extent of the high-tech world of dating for me was uh yeah like 1986-87 i mean that's when things were hot and heavy man you had modems and you connected i, I think
1: 1986 i was i was 10 and i was using basic to hack my first cd-rom
0: i believe that you were already getting into trouble you were a bad kid
1: uh, well yes uh, the, the, yeah well back then that was when the we we got the family computer because computers were you know uh two months worth of of your salary in order to buy we got the computer for the family and it took all of 10 minutes for me to establish that no it was my computer not the family computer but you guys are allowed to use it when i'm not
0: when you when you give them the new access codes that you need to (laughs) get on the computer i get it yeah um but the online dating now just seems weird i mean again the tinder thing seems like you said is there a difference now between hooking up and dating what is considered dating has also changed immensely i saw an article not that long ago that a lot of the millennials because this is the group where it's going to happen i think would consider themselves dating even if they never met the person just strictly doing the online video chats texting and that you may live one person may live in california the other might live in tokyo and they're considering themselves dating it's weird
1: I, i mean two people who get together 50 times a year and one of them lives in Chirac and the other one lives on the left coast.
0: Right, kind of. I guess we're dating. This is like a yeah. romance here on Valentine's it's, Day. Hey,
1: hey, we are we are more seriously dating you and I <laughs> than a lot of these millennials out here out there. That's
0: very sad, isn't it? I mean, it's it, it's a yeah. Uh, it's a it's a weird thing. My wife and I were talking well, about I this yesterday. I think it's only
1: fair after fifty episodes for me to tell you that you're not really my type.
0: Yeah, yeah, I. I don't like uh you know people with dicks as far as romantic partners that's just one of one of the many lines that i'm gonna draw just to uh just to let you know
1: so so what you're saying you're not your your grinder profile is not well fleshed out
0: no no it's not unless you set it up and i have no idea it's there which is uh, there's always a distinct possibility although i think there's getting to be more and more uh Legal problems for people that put that kind of stuff up, but you know you have to get caught first. And you're a dude named Ben who knows enough, so you probably wouldn't. So it's uh,
1: it's legal problems are only one type of issue that you can run into. We can get into that if you want, but uh there way before you run into legal problems, there's just straight up privacy issues. That's true. People putting things into their online profile, thinking, oh, well, this will only be shared with my my future mate with you know with the the one true love that I have and, and no, it's currently being shared with everybody who installs the app and also being shared with some massive online databases.
0: Right. Which are going to be scraped and scraped and scraped. And, uh, I really don't know. I, that's what I said to my wife yesterday. I'm like, I really, even if you asked me to guess right now, as far as people dating in that, let's just say high school through maybe 25 years or 30 years old, how most people get asked out, I wouldn't even be able to fathom a guess. As far as is it through Instagram? I mean, do you know somebody through Instagram and then you ask them out that way? Because I don't think in person is the number one way anymore. That no, would be—I'm I'm sure it's not. You know, uh, so what is? I I, do I don't play know. Old guy I am here?
1: unqualified to answer that question. Uh, I'll answer it anyway. I'll say it's Instagram. That would be my guess. Um, Or, I'm sorry, Insta. Okay. Or, or, you know, or maybe it is Tinder. Maybe it's, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) I I went ahead and read, I I read an article recommending dating and hookup apps just because I thought I'd be prepared for the show. That's how I prepare for these things. And the thing that I got out of it is that um, apparently people who make hookup apps don't like vowels. (laughs) At, At least... At least the second to last letter in the word, like you, you come up with a word and then you drop the vowel right at the end. Well, it's the only way to
0: get a short website, usually.
1: Yeah, You know, Tinder is actually weird because they're T-I-N-D-E-R. But uh, I mean, okay, here's, here's the names of some of the apps that were recommended. I just went and and looked up some reviews. Uh, Blender, Captain, Whipler, Field uh er grinder uh <laughs> there's one called lavoo lavoo
0: <laughs> <Love-o? laughs>
1: these are these are not things that you that you want adults to be using these are the words that your 2-year-old
0: says while they're first learning to talk it is taking things to a level that is is depressing on so many on so many in so many ways because there's no real personal connection anymore it's weird to me, to do your initial conversations in text, because we all know there's a lot that can be lost in text. There's a lot, you know, humor is not there. A lot of times, context isn't there. Uh, it just seems weird that you're going to like, a, especially if it's a random person. So it's like, is it cool, you know, that you're on somebody's Instagram and you so oh, they're in the same city and they're, you know, you think they're attractive, so you just get into the, you know, the DMs and be like, "Hey, baby." You want you want to do something you know how does this work i don't get it oh, I, I
1: i i imagine and again i'm i'm not i'm so far out of this scene like i said you know, we are the least qualified people to talk about this i i honestly think that most people are still meeting their future mates the old fashioned way, which is that there is some kind of social situation that they get into in meat space in IRL. And most people are, are hooking up with somebody that they've met through work or through college or school or, or just down at the local Starbucks while they're both working on their haikus. Um, I, I think that these people are, most people are still doing that you know most people are not who you th- hear about though and obviously right. the you know the the stories that you hear about online are the ones who hooked up through an app or and it i don't really- know I, I i can't even bring myself to disdain people who hook up online not just because no. i I'm, i'd be hypocritical doing it because frankly that doesn't stop me uh but if, if you can actually find somebody in this world that you are compatible with and want a long-term relationship with and, and can create a meaningful connection with, I don't think it matters too much how you found them. I, I, I am just very concerned that these Silicon Valley companies who release these apps are exploiting people because everybody has the biological urge to go out and get laid or, or uh, I'm sorry, to put it more delicately, to find a soulmate
0: stay in and uh, get laid
1: and <laughs> well I, i've got all the pussy i need here oh but oh your cats well yeah got a cat on my lap what are you thinking but i, I i'm i am concerned about the things around uh, you know people there there are certain biological urges that cause people's brains to short circuit and love is certainly one of them and and lust to uh you know to a similar extent and a lot of people are ignoring best security practices and just putting everything they have out on this app and you know there's there's a in in the articles i read there was a lot of talk about uh trying to protect yourself and especially women who you you find some online hookup and then the dude turns out to be a a rapist or something and i mean that's a real concern it doesn't happen often but it happens often enough that people should slow down and think about it
0: right well it should because there's you don't know who you're talking to Fletcher in the troll made a good point that Fletcher he could be a rapist you never know (laughs) that's not what I was saying oh listen to a show Hogstory.net, and uh, decide for yourself they only want to chat and date through the app he says because that way they can ghost each other easier and that may be true I mean ghosting wasn't a thing either when we were back in the dating game back in high school oh, back in what college is ghosting in this context would you just completely stop answering their messages you block them and then you know you can even when things like oh, oh that's mature yeah but that's is what, that
1: to avoid the uncomfortable conversation of saying i don't want to have sex with you anymore
0: right or see you ever again or hear your ugly yeah see your ugly face or hear your whiny voice so yeah that's the that's the kind of concept now is oh
1: oh, so for episode 51 are you going to ghost me then (laughs) you don't want to hear my
0: whiny voice right this is episode 51 now we know what that'll be uh that was that was a big reveal going to be later on at the end of the show but But now you've ruined it all and i'll just ghost you now you're welcome (laughs) the that is the concept millennials we've talked about that before hate confrontation so that just makes it much easier i i don't know do millennials break up or do they just not respond and never talk well, to each I, other I, ever again I,
1: and lest we be accused of the stereotyping that we've been doing blatantly through this whole show oh, um i know some millennials who are perfectly happy with confrontation and uh you know some it's not all of them but but you're right there is a cultural thing where a lot of uh, of the people who you know, when, when you raise a generation of people and you teach them that we must not offend anybody, we must not upset anybody, we must not do anything. And, and you have, uh, an entire generation worth of zero tolerance policies at schools where, uh, you know, anything you do, including nothing or, or getting picked on by a bully will get your ass suspended from school. Then keeping your head down and avoiding all forms of confrontation is definitely the the incentive that we've pushed into them and i definitely applaud people who had to deal with that and yet somehow became normal human beings who are capable of standing up for themselves
0: well it would be good if they can get interpersonal uh you know relationships that work i mean there's a lot of weird things that i've seen recently one was an article that a lot of these folks you know if you didn't live near each other they put their webcams on you know, or their phone cam, whatever camera you're using to simulate sleeping next to the person. And I thought it was just kind of bizarre. They're like, well, yeah, you put your phone on and and then they can see you sleeping and you can see them.
1: What the fuck?
0: I know, right? It just You know, and it was like, well, it, it added to, you know, their feelings of intimacy because they're not in the same place. And they pointed out, which I thought was just, somebody that doesn't know any dudes named ben because one of the things that was like well you know this gives you know especially the woman i think they said the you know knowing where her man is he's home in bed he's not out cheating on her and i'm like nobody's uh, ever figured out you could pre-record and, and, yeah. this
1: <laughs> and, and nobody could possibly spoof that data no right okay so, do you remember what one of the very first chat video chat apps or uh, programs ever it was a program there weren't apps um, do you remember See, you, See
0: me? I remember the name. I don't think I ever used it
1: it, it was it, you know back when uh we we were doing email, which only took you know twenty four hours to deliver and if you were and we had news groups, which again w- was very asynchronous and if you were really cutting edge you had i r c which again was text, there was an app that came out because you know everybody was driving headlong into we need star trek style communication which at the i mean ultimately ended up being video calls which everybody accepts now as normal but it was it was a big thing well see you see me was i think the first attempt that i ever saw it was a video conferencing uh, a video chat talk app that uh, it was it sent a really grainy ass like 120 pixel image but you could kind of tell what the person on the other end was doing. It was revolutionary well what what you reminded me of was uh, a parody app, which surprises me because I don't think it's a parody anymore um that was called uh f u f me <laughs> and it was a peripheral that you could install on your computer. <laughs> i I think you can tell where we're going with this it 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 allowed it it, it, it the parody was it allowed remote sex by you install either uh in one of, you know one of the big cd-rom drive ports um either right. an any or an audi in your computer case and then you put on the conferencing and you can talk to each other
0: while you have sex it is the ultimate in safe sex unless there's an electrical short circuiting uh,
1: yeah or a computer virus
0: <laughs> well yeah you don't want to get any of those computer viruses yeah. uh Blitz, you, our you've buddy. heard of
1: that malware that will will spin a hard drive up to the point of failure. That would hurt. The our, the
0: <coughs> our buddy Blitz is pointing out that millennials not only in dating, they're also ghosting employers. He was just listening to a show on the AM band, which I didn't know that was still around. Wow, that's old. But uh, an old talk radio show on AM talking about how millennials just they just stop going, <laughs> they just stop going to work, they don't give notice, they don't say they're quitting they uh, really uh, this avo- this concept that they want to avoid confrontation yeah. if we allow this to continue in the united states we are going to be bent over and screwed by well, russia been, china I and I all these been other missing
1: countries a lot of work lately. Well, I wouldn't say I've been missing, <laughs> missing it, Bob.
0: <laughs> Welcome to Office Space. That was the, that was one of my favorite scenes at Office Space when uh the guy goes to finally goes to lunch with Jennifer Aniston's character and he's like, Yeah, I you yeah. know work. I, I just don't think I'm gonna be doing that anymore. Oh, so you're quitting? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think I'm gonna go anymore. That is yeah. the norm now. Who knew? It's life imitating art.
1: It's that movie was prophetic in more ways than one it is scary how accurate that is with so many like things that that everybody was certain were jokes back then you're like no that's
0: how it works yes yeah Yeah. It, it taught more than it should have and it was genius in its own way and if you haven't seen office space you really need to there's a reason why i have both a small and full-size slimline uh or what's the name of the company the uh the 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 staplers here the office swing line yes the swing line the off the small one actually says office space on the top it came with like the dvd package or something but you know if you see a red stapler somewhere probably an office space fan usually
1: um yeah fun fun story it might be apocryphal but i i particularly like the story is that swing line did not release they did not have a red stapler on the market they came in like black gray and yellow or something like but red was not one of the colors they offered right and after the movie by popular demand they had to
0: start releasing a red one and they've sold a lot yeah i don't doubt it so i mean maybe they should you know, did they pay the office space people you know give them a little it, cut i i, <laughs> I doubt that <laughs> they're like thanks thanks for the free thanks for the pre one free product suggestion and advertising for us sometimes things get into the market in it, it almost bothers ways. you know
1: office space is so amazing it almost bothers me that that's the guy who started out on beavis and butthead
0: <laughs> well yeah and he never really did become a big star he's still around but uh there oh. was a that was a good movie i office space is up there with me as is clerks as is um John Favreau. not even
1: supposed to be here
0: today. Right. Uh okay. Swingers is another those are probably one of my top well, three. Those are three of my top movies right there. And I like Vince Vaughn. John Favreau's really gone into the complete other political uh arena, which most of Hollywood well, has. Mo-
1: most of Hollywood does, but let me tell you a secret. Uh I, I happen to know that there are there are a few conservatives in Hollywood, Vince Vaughn or uh, Tim Allen or you know, a couple people, but they're they you know any of the ones that are out are definitely getting persecuted but here's the thing i may or may not like your acting i may or may not like the creative works you're creating i could give a flying fuck about your politics I shut agree. up keep it to yourself
0: and they should because it would help you you know it would help you sell more product and uh, you know people wouldn't especially if you're going to go completely insane i don't mind people that are going to give an opinion when asked But I,
1: I, I'm not telling you. Yeah, if if you want to be, if somebody's like, oh, you know, would you vote for Trump? Then okay, you know what? The the, congratulations, you just opened the floodgates. But if if you're accepting an award up there and you go up and be like, well, I feel like I I don't deserve this award because there are people dying because our president is an evil racist and he's causing climate change. Shut up, accept your award and fuck off
0: love trump's hate just let that sink yes
1: yeah i i can't wait for hollywood like the the actual hollywood institutions to finally die because they're so obsolete all of the good stuff is is now is no longer coming from the big hollywood companies it's coming from from netflix and it's being recorded in atlanta or vancouver and all the stuff from hollywood is is just a bunch of self-congratulatory masturbating jerkwads who still think that they're relevant in a place where the most popular content in the world is not coming out of the LA Valley. It's coming from
0: fucking YouTube. Or as NetNed says, don't go full Joaquin. (laughs) 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 When actors say crazy shit. (laughs)
1: That one that one was was not only unhinged because he was talking about crazy shit, but he he was literally not making sense
0: no and that's why i was surprised little steven we did the show on his one song on random thoughts his wife posted the video and he like commented like that it was great and i'm like what the hell are you talking about this wasn't somebody making a great political statement it's like you people are so blinded that anybody that's on your side says anything and you're like oh yeah that was awesome it's like he was incoherent
1: I I don't know if this is an American thing or just a modern world thing, but celebrity worship needs to fucking stop. And that's the problem. The problem is that, you know, somebody in Hollywood, they release a, a successful movie that was maybe well written and well directed and maybe your acting was okay, Joaquin. But somehow you've suddenly got your 15 minutes of fame and you use your 15 minutes of fame to leverage that into thinking that anybody gives a shit about your politics Uh, and we 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 have so many things where people will they'll get famous for one thing and then they think that for some reason that makes them an expert on social issues or or on climate change or no you're not a fucking scientist you actually have no idea what you're talking about shut up accept your award bask in your undeserved millions of dollars that came from royalties because copyrights are longer than five years
0: don't listen to actors don't listen to musicians only listen to your favorite podcasters
1: oh yeah yeah we are clearly qualified that's why we're doing a show about love when we've both been happily married for more than a decade
0: well that would mean we know something about that i mean we may know nothing about dating but and those are two completely different things i
1: know how dating worked in the 90s that was when i did it
0: (laughs) way back when the interesting thing was and i was kind of floored by this although stats are usually meaningless somebody published the other day the states with the lowest rates of divorce and the state with the lowest rate of divorce in the united states illinois oh really i couldn't believe it i was like holy is crap that
1: because it's it's the one where you're most likely to get shot before you can get a divorce
0: through? that's possible that is possible we may kill our spouses if we want to get the, rid the of courts, them the courts
1: of. take so long that people take it into their own hands
0: <laughs> yeah i heard a joke the other day you know why divorce costs so much because it's worth it <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome to the love <laughs> episode here of grumpy old ben's but yeah i mean my, again my wife and i first date Says the
1: man who's forgotten to get divorced for 25
0: years. Yeah, I mean this is this is well, not only that, but first date was in uh, January of 1988, so uh yeah, 32 years plus. I'm in the 33rd year now, so yeah, that's the magic number. We're working. We're just we're just putting days together at this point. But it's yeah, I can understand it. And I think one of the reasons that so many relationships do fail is one because people are completely unaware of what a relationship should be millennials well again i weren't we're kind of harping on that age range but it's not just millennials people no it's
1: it's pretty much everybody younger than us get off my lawn
0: yes but people that are afraid of conflict you can never be in a relationship i hate to tell you there's going to be some conflict along the way and if the first conflict that arises Uh, you go ghosting and running
1: dame Bemrose and i have never had a single fight you can believe that because we're both such agreeable people
0: (laughs) but with each other
1: oh wait no i'm totally lying about that never mind continue
0: i mean dame Bemrose seems very agreeable you seem (laughs) like you but i'll just say nice things about your wife and not we'll just move along because I'm not going to say anything mean about you. She can do that all on her own. But And, and she does. For people that think relationships aren't going to have conflict, then you know don't get into one. And I think people also, because of social media, see relationships and in, in, in media in general, I guess. See things in a way that is un, unachievable. You know, it's interesting when you see people on the socials posting stuff, and I I don't think they listen to the show, and I guess I really don't care if they do, but uh, my... I I do. I'd like them to be donating. (laughs) My brother-in-law, before he married his current wife, she used to post stuff all the time about what a wonderful boyfriend he was, and it was almost sickening because it was way over the top, and it was stretching the truth a little bit, and... The minute they were married, not one post since it's been like five years. Not one post about what a great husband he was. There is so it's like it's weird to me that people want to put up this facade online. And if you're if you're thinking that your relationship should be the way other people are pretending their relationships are online, you're not going to uh, you're not going to be happy in the long run. There is conflict. You know, I-
1: I have heard a theory that uh when people post details of themselves the the more they post online uh bragging about their relationships about their vacation uh about the weather um it is in lieu of having a fulfilling relationship locally yes. and what you just said completely agrees with that because if if you're not getting any then you're going to brag about it you know if you're around the office cooler Uh, The one guy who is bragging about having sex every single day is the one who's definitely not getting any or at least not getting anything emotionally fulfilling, because if he was emotionally fulfilled, he'd shut up, smile all day and get his job done. (laughs) But instead, he needs to try to put that on all of his co-workers and make them feel jealous of whatever he's presenting. That is definitely a
0: person who is barren and soul dry inside. See Netnet saying the same thing happened with his cousin's kid, got married and all the lovey dovey posts stopped. It's it's interesting to kind of to watch that stuff and then I,
1: I really approve of that sort of thing because what it means is you don't need to impress people online in order to fulfill your life anymore you've found something else and that's healthy
0: you would hope so but the same the same uh, Either that or they killed you it's the same people that post the vacation post though and that that's annoying to me too the people that don't post anything like 51 weeks out of the year and then they go on a caribbean vacation and it's like oh we're leaving for the airport oh we're in the air oh we're here like fuck yeah, you. that is a shitty vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's like why are you posting it's so great? Go enjoy it. Why are yeah, you yeah. posting about it?
1: I, you know what I do when I go on vacation? Well, okay, this this last vacation I I logged in and heckled people on their live shows, but um I I don't I don't post online to tell people how good my vacation is. I go and enjoy my damn vacation. And Jason and then 13, i might come back later and make you feel guilt or uh, jealous about it, but
0: Right, well that's that's a, that's appropriate. Jason thirteen says, I hate that lovey dovey crap. Yeah, online I do. In and, person and it's great. In person it's, it's expensive. Fair, fair warning.
1: Later this year we're actually going on a camping vacation, not just a, a visiting another house with internet vacation. Um this is one that that we've done. Bamlet'll be there uh oh, we've done many, many years. And even when uh in, in the age when you could finally start getting internet there because everybody has a cell signal and everything no, the phone is shutting off when I get there. It is not turning back on until I leave. I am going to be fully 100% off the grid and unavailable for a week. Deal with it.
0: Ooh, there'll be another good grumpy old Benz that week. Yeah, but
1: not with Bemlet. Taking him with me.
0: <laughs> so he can't talk bad about you. That's a good, that's a very good, uh, very good choice. But uh, what do you think of the people? Because that's, this is what I, the same thing you said, the guy not getting any around the water cooler. That's exactly what I think when i see anybody in a relationship you know like on valentine's day today go look you'll probably see a lot of this or on their anniversary or whatever like you know oh happy valentine's day to the best wife in the world it's like fuck you say it in person don't post it to twitter posting it to twitter if 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 you're
1: (laughs) if your wife has to read you wishing happy valentine's day on twitter then She may well be the best wife in the world, but you're a shitty
0: husband. Right. I agree. And Fletcher, hey, you're in. If you want to do the show that week when he's gone, you can talk bad about Sir Bemrose that week. We'd love to have Fletcher on the show again. That was a lot of fun when we did Grumpy Old Hog Story. But these are the kind of things that relationships now, when as old guys who didn't have, I mean, let's think about this. When I start dating my wife, texting wasn't even really a thing. so none of this stuff no, exists no
1: phones were phones were attached to the wall in the kitchen well i had a car phone and, and if, in high oh, school but that's, <laughs> you were you were spoiled I, well
0: no you you fucking millennial we talked about this and on one of those previous shows because one of my buddies one of them that owns a restaurant now wanted to get rid of his old car phone and get a new one in so the deal was i took his old one out put his new one into his car and i was able to keep the old one this was back when cell phones you paid by the minute that's it there was no 50 dollars a month fee or anything you paid by the minute and
1: phones didn't have a keyboard back then if you wanted to type out text you had to use the the number
0: pad yeah that uh hit this three times for that letter it was very very as big as those old
1: car phones were uh if you really wanted to get somebody did a message farther away it might have been quicker to just beat them on the ground and let them pick up the seismic vibrations
0: maybe but i tell you those old cell phones they were suitcases and the call quality was usually really good because i think there was like twenty thousand watts in the box rather than the you know under one whatever these little handheld things are putting out now but i digress oh, yeah,
1: your phone rings and everybody around you gets cancer it was awesome <laughs> it
0: was it was awesome it was well worth it but the technology has totally changed i had a buddy who right after high school wrote a book well, i have to i have to send him a, a snarky note i don't think he listened to the show either because uh he, he was he wanted to get back and doing a podcast i did a podcast with him called um man cave confidential and it was last february 14th that i sent him a message and i'm like dude call me And and he gave me a thumbs up sign and And
1: he says he wants to do a podcast. And you're like, yeah, I think I can fit in a 12th one.
0: Yeah, I can do that. But this was this was back going back to like May the previous year. But it was last year on Valentine's Day because we were messaging through the messenger on Facebook. I know evil, but this allows me to know that the little thumbs up that he gave me when I said, dude, you know, just call me. Call me anytime, man. He gave me the thumbs up like I acknowledge I'll do that last February 14th. So it's been a fucking year. Haven't heard a word from him. So I'm going to send him a snarky note today, just like fuck, uh, dude. Uh, you know, it's only are, been are a you, year.
1: Are, are you going to send it on Facebook, on Twitter, or on Tinder?
0: <laughs> Maybe on Grinder. On all of them. I don't know where are you getting the most. Uh, where are you getting the most uh, play, pay for play these days? But he was a guy that if if he was, <laughs> if he hadn't ghosted me like a millennial, that he might have been on today's show because he was the guy back in like ninety. Two ninety three, like right after we got out of college wrote a book self-published how to be the jerk women love and it was one of these what the big dating stuff was going on at that time you know all these dating gurus and all this other bullshit you know And he got on you know radio all over you know man Cow, those kind of shows he was even on like montel and sally jesse tv you know going in and doing the you know the typical tv uh you know format back then in the 90s and he, you know, I was like, this this book I kept telling him. It's like rewrite this for this age. Because all the stuff you have in here could be easily it'd be an easy rewrite that you just have to update it with dating. Now it's not like you this is not like the old well, you have to like walk up to a woman. You have to have the confidence to do that. And, you know, some of these guys, I remember one of them that was on like VH1, uh Mystery or whatever the guy's name was. And it's like, oh, well, what you want to do to get started with this is uh you know, go to the mall and just walk up to 40 random women and say hello. And this was how you got over your shyness. It's like, well, now nobody says hello.
1: You, you you know that works. Yes.
0: Yes, well that's uh, also at the what same I time,
1: th- I mean, you you might get well, you're not going to get punched anymore because that would be confrontation, but there's I mean, there's a chance you're going to get the cops called on you.
0: Yes. And DC Girl his concept was actually different than the Women Love Assholes. His concept was you could be the good guy but use some of the assholes strategies so it was genius at the time and uh but this concept now that's what i said to my wife yesterday we were talking about doing the episode today and i'm like you know it's really interesting because people put out stuff like how to meet women and i'm like meeting women really easy <laughs> i could walk up to anybody in the restaurant we were in yesterday and say hi my name is darren o'neill and they'll yeah. probably tell you their name i've now I'm
1: met them meeting Meeting women, easy. Convincing them you're not Harvey Weinstein, a little more difficult. Yes.
0: And, uh, dating them, you know, even more difficult after that. But it, it's a thing that, you know, we would have had him on the show because it was an interesting book that he wrote at the time, especially. And how these things have changed now. I can only imagine technology. If There's, there's aspects in our daily life that have totally changed over the past 20 or 30 years. Dating has been one of those. That has been completely transformed from how you meet somebody, how you ask them out, what is considered a relationship. I mean, back in high school, we spent lots of time on the phone, verbally talking. I don't think anybody does that anymore. And the question yeah, back, is, are you really getting when, to know people better? I don't. I doubt it. When when you back, come back to when the text.
1: teenager of the house would tie up the phone line,
0: right? And then you had to get a second phone line, or maybe even a third, if you had a couple of teenagers in the house, and uh, yeah. That was a big deal when i was a kid getting I, I, your own phone that, line
1: i was that teenager tying up the phone line but it wasn't to
0: talk to people you i was dialing, connected to bbs's oh, i thought you were dialing like 976 talk dirty to me
1: no no I, I i had Usenet, which had all the porn i could
0: want and i could see it <laughs> and you could download one crappy yes. image over a three hour time period and
1: exactly and that's how i was tying up the phone line i was connected to the
0: bbs's <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic But I really, I have to wonder with the way people communicate now, I know that bars are hurting and this is something, you know, at least uh, some of them are really like the place we go to here. Great food, alcohol, $9 margarita yesterday. Everything was great. But the overall bar scene is taking a hit because this isn't where people are going.
1: It's not enough anymore to just have a place that has a bar and a couple taps and you're, you're good and people show up. I mean, that in in a in a society like we had years ago where that is the social commons of the world everybody just they, they like i need a bar to show up but now you know what i'm actually okay with bars hurting because the ones that are succeed are going to be the ones that give you a compelling reason to come in right and it's not just oh yeah there's some screens with the the current game on anymore
0: we have alcohol and women show up
1: Yeah. You know, Around here, for example, bars seem to compete on a number of tap handles. That's one of the big ones. And the reason is that microbreweries are such a big thing in the Seattle area. And most people, like some of the lower class bars might have Coors or or Bush on tap. But for the most part, it's all microbrews. And if... If a bar doesn't have at least 10 tap handles with microbrews in them, you can't take it seriously. Well, yeah, you need your variety. Yeah. Now, now, speaking of variety, of those 10 tap handles, seven of them are West Coast IPAs, of course.
0: Well, oh, I thought you were so, going to talk about so dating. So I hope you like your beer variety. with heavy citrus
1: and hops. I
0: thought you were going to talk about dating and variety. Like, you should juggle, like, five, six women at a time. Which, probably a lot easier if you never meet any of them in person.
1: Well, it... <sighs> Uh, if you're going to be juggling uh, here's a tip if you're going to be juggling five or six women at a time it really helps to bulk up by carrying right. firewood because they're heavy some of them
0: yes I mean you have to go really with the lighter women at that point yes. and then you're being you're being a sexist or something like that but DC girl mentioned yeah the VH1 show mystery was the mystery method do you remember any of that the guy the concept was like wear like a bright pink scarf and it's called peacocking and the women will notice you it's like now nobody, these, the whole concept, I know keep ranking on millennials, but anybody older than us will call millennials. Now they just, everybody wants to be, it's like socialism 101. We all want to dress the same, not be noticed. So it's a weird, it's a weird change.
1: Progo from the troll room is saying, so Sir Bemrose is a hipster asshole. No, Sir <laughs> Bemrose yes! is in the greater Seattle area, which for in terms of beer and coffee, at least, and to a lesser extent, fish is the hipster Mecca. <laughs> it, if you don't, if you're not a coffee snob, if you you know get the fuck out of this whole region with your Folgers or or your your low class American
0: Bud Light or whatever, get that shit out of here. That's that does not fly in this area. Your brother Tony says, uh you're not an ass. You're not a, a hipster asshole. You're just an asshole." You know, I've heard that before once or twice. Citation needed, but. This is the kind of thing that was going on as far as to attract your mate back then. And I think that has totally changed the, the dating apps make it weird. I remember when these things first came out, which uh, I don't remember the app, but there was one of them that was like, well, if somebody is within, I don't know if they were using GPS or if they were using like Bluetooth or something like that, but there was one of these apps that the concept was, if you went to a bar like everybody that's else that's on the app that is at the bar at that location or within i don't know mile a block whatever where you were then they would pop up in the app so it was trying to kind of merge those two worlds together and i think that has totally changed now as people want to go out less and less i mean you know coronavirus maybe you just want to stay home but as people are turning into more not wanting to go out, which I guess is another reason why these food delivery services are becoming so popular because they, people don't even want to go out to pick up the food anymore. They'd rather just pay somebody to bring that to their house, which again, I get to a certain amount, I get that it's a convenience. But going out to actually meet somebody that you're looking to start a relationship or just to even be a social individual. It is so hard to do that while sitting on your ass at your house. And my buddy Ron, I talked about him a bit on a Random Thoughts episode that I did. He passed away well, recently. And another one of the people I knew that passed away like at 62, 63 years old. But Ron was the most outgoing person. I believe that i ever met and went out and hung out with in any any way shape or form and it would have been his birthday today so uh you know happy birthday ron wherever you are but he was a guy that happy birthday ron if we went out with him he had no problem talking to anybody about anything and it's it's a it's a skill i think that people are a lot of people just never have it, and I think it's getting uh, less and less people that do, but he was the guy, I mean, I remember we went out, him, when my wife and I, we were at a place here uh, in the area here called Chuck's Southern Comfort Cafe, which has some really excellent food if you're in the Chicagoland area and it was a young blonde waitress and he was flirting with her and you know he just some of the stuff he was saying was just hilarious but you know she's laughing and then he's you know he's like well yeah you know you're a little young for me but you know you know is your mom hot (laughs) you know this kind of stuff that it's a lost art you know i really do think it's a lost art and people are afraid to you know say i have to know did that line work yeah i mean she laughed i mean she just said her mom was married or something but uh you know, yeah, some of them are
1: like, that doesn't matter.
0: Right. I'm not, I'm not looking to marry her, honey. Uh, she, she, you know, is she happy? Uh, Is she happy between the sheets with dad? Who knows? But, you know, that would be the kind of stuff he would say. And uh, he was the guy that always went to get ribs for us just out of the blue. I mean, he would call me up and be like, hey, kid, what are you doing? Uh, I don't know. Well, I got the barbecue on. So I'll, I'll bring you over some burgers. And, you know, it's just my wife's off at work i'm home doing my thing at home and uh you know he would bring over like 15 burgers it's like dude um can only eat so much but he was the guy that the best i mean really the best barbecue in the chicago area the thicker the bulletproof glass the better the barbecue and he would go into all these areas and i'm just like well dude aren't you ever concerned that? Ah, nobody you know he was a contractor put tile in so the way he was dressed almost all the time in his work clothes i mean it looked like he wouldn't have a penny to his name anyway and his truck was all old and beat up he's like ah nobody wants to fuck with an old crazy white guy you know he had gray hair he wasn't he wasn't it was not scared of anything and i really uh I, I was impressed by that it definitely made an impression that uh you know every you now know, and I, then you've gotta, you're you gotta say, remind yourself to just get put yourself out there a little more
1: i've heard you say the line about the the barbecue and the bulletproof glass but can you refresh your me- my memory as to why that might be because it it doesn't make sense not
0: to me really You're, you don't understand. basically it's the worst the like worst. why would people want to shoot up only the good barbecue joints uh, yes. you, you, you would hope they wouldn't but it turns out some of the best ribs in chicago come from the most crime-ridden neighborhoods and they literally chicago yeah i mean uh
1: wait is there a difference between different neighborhoods in chicago that's might yes. maybe what i'm missing
0: oh yeah oh yeah there's there's plenty of them i mean there's some that are just you know you there's some that i would go into without feeling a problem and then there's some you'd go yeah no i don't care how good the ribs are and uh and uh they're the ones that they have like the old banks they have like the little uh um lazy susan type things behind the locked little (laughs) door so you put your you put your money in because you're paying cash probably at most of these at least back then maybe now they maybe now they take credit cards or bitcoin but or doordash right the i don't don't know if to to look if doordash does any of those because that maybe
1: you know that might be the way that you (laughs) you get door like if if the best barbecue place is just as likely to get you shot as to kill you from heart failure maybe that's when you send the doordash guy and be like yeah i really really could use me some ribs yes but you're the one who needs to don the bulletproof vest
0: right that that is worth paying for and and ron used to do that willingly but you I mean you'd go to these places and you, you remember like uh you know maybe like the um uh, not the casino like the horse track and stuff there were places where you would have glass between you and whoever you're paying like at the movie theaters and you would put your money like in that little metal tray and like push it through that's how they take their money and then you get your you get your ribs through a little lazy susan that has a locked door so you can never <laughs> get to the people that are providing you with the with the tasty tasty barbecue like and the
1: the locked mailbox version uh, yes
0: yes but that was you know one thing i tried to take from my uh adventures with ron is that you know hey th- th- what's the worst that can happen to you if you just speak up and say something and it's not even just in dating it's just you know anybody you run into i mean he would be the guy who would really Do you know him no he would make you know make somebody laugh and that's uh you know that's it's sometimes it's what needs to be done and today everybody's so tentative it seems that uh you know like jcd and no agenda saying oh yeah i'm standing in the grocery store with my big cart full of stuff and a younger girl comes behind me with one item and you're like you can go ahead and they're like no it's like yeah. really i mean why how did we get to this point and how does this affect dating i can only imagine how does this i, affect I developed a relationship a, a
1: policy on the road uh, you know, like a four way stop is what you made me think of just now. Uh, and, and that is, um, I will always, you know, the, I, I don't know if it is the way y- where you are, but when you come to a four way stop and you come about the same time as somebody else, the, the rule is yield to the right. But in general, um, whoever is more tentative is going to be the one yielding. Right. And, and so when I get to a four way stop, usually I I'll, I'll try to be nice. And if we got there right about the same time and the other person looked like they want to go, I'll wave them on. If that person then waves me on, fuck you, I'm going. I'm not going to play this whole no you go, no you go, no you go.
0: Yeah, politeness it, is overrated.
1: Yeah, well, and it's the same with uh like when somebody's pulling out onto a a really busy street that has backed up traffic. First of all, uh it I don't let him in. And <laughs> and it's not because I'm an asshole. I mean, they that that might be a justification I tell, but if if you stop your lane And somebody else doesn't stop their lane. That's really dangerous. So, if you're pulling out onto the street, you know it's it's always the people who are trying to pull out of a business and take a left across four lanes of traffic.
0: Right, and there's usually a light like five feet away that they could have gone
1: to. Well, they could have could have gone to the light instead of having to pull there because a green light. That's a great. Or and and here's the thing nobody understands because everybody only takes their first choice is take a fucking right and then u-turns are legal in the state of washington anywhere they're not marked as no u-turn take a right go to the next light and U turn there it's safe it's legal it's great I, what is this pulling left across multiple lanes of traffic just but i want to go left yeah that's i want to go
0: left and i think like
1: louis, like louis ck says it's 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 not my favorite thing it's, it only satisfies 98 percent of my requirements
0: And I think it's a regional thing, too. So you can feel free to uh, chime in on that, whether you agree or not in your area. When we were in Ireland, people were way more boisterous, way more. I mean, I told the story the one day about just being on the street. If you were in Dublin and you kind of looked at a map and seemed confused, a local would stop and be like, can I help you find something? It was amazing. Amazing. That's kind of awesome. It is. It was a very friendly city. Wouldn't get that in Chicago. Maybe people are afraid to get shot. I don't think you would get that in a lot of even very safe, normal, not crime-ridden towns in the United States. But we were at the one hotel the one night, and the uh, you you wouldn't get that in Seattle either because you might be a Trump supporter. That's true, and then they would have to assault you. But we were in a bar in um, Castle Bar. I think it wasn't a hotel bar, and with. uh, the tour manager of the artist that I was working for at the time. And we're just kind of like talking this guy comes up to him and he's an Irish dude. And he's like, ah, you're a fucking pig fucker. And he kind of looked at him and he's like, ah, you're a fucking pig fucker too. And the guy laughed. I like you. And the guy walked away and I'm like, who was that? He's like, I have no fucking clue. (laughs) (laughs) Friendly folk. Very friendly. It's like, okay, you knew how to respond. It's like, okay, that's Ireland. They're, they're a little bit different and uh maybe well lubricated helps maybe that's it, the- it
1: does it it does trust me it, being well lubricated helps in so many social situations more people should try it and ned brings up in the troll room says uh that my my con- my rant about people who are way too tentative on the road uh says people who stop at a roundabout and refuse to go, which is in <laughs> fact it, it, it that is a peeve as well people I don't know why it is uh roundabout technology was introduced to America by traffic engineers who decided that they wanted to, to solve traffic problems and a stoplight just wasn't good enough. And also, um, if a traffic engineer in your city puts in a roundabout in a busy intersection, they can landscape the middle, they can look, make the whole thing look really nice, they can demonstrate all sorts of numbers as to why it's good, and that gets your city engineer promoted to some state-level job, and then they can leave your city to suffer through the roundabout for the rest of its natural life. Nobody in America understands how to use a fucking roundabout, and it amazes me, because I think I saw my first roundabout around here 25 years ago, and yet people still will come to a complete stop, and then look, uh, and uh, bemlet might uh, will tell this story, when... I had somebody in front of me and there was a roundabout. There was nobody anywhere. It was completely clear. And this person in front of me goes up and comes to a complete stop before entering the roundabout. And then sits there with their blinker on. And there's nobody in the roundabout. And of course, you know, believe it or not, I have a tendency to scream at the inside of my windshield when people are retarded outside of it. And the line that I used, and Bemlet will still quote this, is, you moron the sign says yield not
0: give up he did just quote that in the troll room too <laughs> yeah like i said he telegraphed that for you
1: yeah thanks for ruining my joke dickhead
0: but i can tell you going to ireland that was the one thing that roundabouts work great in the rural areas when you have a lot of traffic it does get a little harrowing well, roundabouts used to it.
1: work great for low and medium level traffic yes roundabouts are utter shit for high traffic because you end up getting, uh, what you end up getting is a situation that's basically a a starvation of one direction because there's nothing, you know, if if you're coming from the direction that doesn't have a lot of traffic, then in heavy traffic situations, there's just an unending permanent line of cars, and you will never get to go from the other direction. Stoplights at least solve that by, you know, you can tune a stoplight for 60 seconds one way and 10 seconds the other way, or whatever the, the right ratio is, but you know when when there if if you can assume that there will be gaps in traffic round and and low to medium traffic will have those gaps then roundabouts work great
0: yes and if people are polite which isn't always the case well
1: is that really a requirement actually i don't you know what i don't want people to be polite on the road i want people to be predictable on the road i want people to follow the same fucking rules all the time i don't want somebody who Fucking comes to a complete stop in front of me because there's someone wanting to pull out from a side street and they're being nice. No, I want you to be predictable and don't do shit that nobody expects you to do.
0: Well, that's true, too, because that is where you're going to get into accidents. Do not
1: be polite on the road. Do not. Do not slow down your line of cars and make a huge gap, because not only are you annoying everybody behind you, but there's always that one jackass in the line of cars who's going to take that moment to say, all these cars are going slow. I'm going to execute a passing maneuver and drive 85 miles an hour right into the traffic that is turning. This is dangerous. You are creating a hazardous situation by trying to be nice. Don't be nice. Follow the rules of the road and be predictable. Make sure that all your movements are what other people would expect a normal human being to do. And uh, that might mean if you're in New York or Boston that you the moment somebody puts on their blinker, then you ram the car in front to close that gap. Maybe that's it. If that's predictable, then do it. But yeah, don't don't be a wild man on the road, because that's the way accidents happen is somebody doing something no one expects.
0: Fletcher will tell you there are places he used to drive that, uh, you know, bumpers were optional. I mean, they were using the bumpers so much that the bumpers kind of became optional. And <laughs> that's, you I mean, that, it's kind of well, a NASCAR thing.
1: Nowadays, bumpers are decorative anyway. If you get in a five mile an hour front end collision, that's $20,000 damage to the body of your car, and you might as well total it and buy a new one. That's how cars are made these days.
0: Right. They used to say, you don't use, even
1: use metal in the body of the car anymore.
0: Right. Because they used to say use the chrome horn, but now the bumpers aren't usually chrome. So that just <laughs> kind of, uh, that just kind of goes right down the tubes. We, I,
1: I I may I may or may not have once uh, allegedly brake checked uh, somebody. I, I don't know if I've told this story on the show, where uh, the ass end of my Buick, um, they couldn't find any damage, but all the crumple zones on the Honda accordion behind me did exactly <laughs> what they're designed to do.
0: Yeah, those old cars. I loved my old Oldsmobiles because they were made out of metal, and th- that was the car when you're going on a two lane that's going whether it's construction or the the uh, lane's just ending and people always want to just like speed up and they know somebody's going to let them in i was the guy that wasn't letting them in because my car was bigger and heavier and uh did i uh, did a couple people end up going off the road sure but uh, then, the, the best
1: bet is to have the ugliest car on the road uh, that is helpful uh, we too. used to have we used to have a, a 1977 Chevy Scottsdale that had been aftermarket modified to have a flatbed on the back instead of the pickup bed.
0: <laughs> Progo and, wants to know what roundabouts have to do with relationships. Don't you see the connection? You get in, you get out.
1: And I, I think Progo seems to misunderstand how we do this show, which is that
0: we ramble about things. And we do. But uh, we do have a voicemail number, 4804 Grumpy, and we do have a voicemail from Progo. So let me play that for you. Hey, this is
1: Progo. So um, I don't really have a point about technology and dating, but I thought you'd be interested in this story. Um, I told my roommate that I was interested in dating her,
0: but I used OKCupid to do it. And uh, we've been married for 13 years. So there's that. So he asked his wife out, and now they're married. I mean, that- uh, I mean, I mean creepy. <laughs> that was but a I short guess story. But there has to be uh, more to that story, right, Progo? I mean, there, there has to be, but that is, I mean, how do you, okay. How are you roommates before you're dating? Was that just like a random thing too? That's kind of a weird, uh, that's kind of a weird place to meet somebody that <laughs> you're all Hi, I'm already living with you. Maybe you've seen me in the bathroom. How does that work? Uh,
1: I mean, I make it a point to try to get to know anybody that I'm living with.
0: Okay. He said, okay. So let's maybe, see that part maybe I didn't hear. Maybe, he used, maybe. okay. She used, okay. Cupid to ask his roommate out and that worked. I, in lieu of
1: taking them out to ice cream or something, (laughs) I I guess, well, okay. So if we want to get back to Valentine's day, I, I could do a quick rant about it being a totally commercial holiday and how, uh, it's not really even about love anymore. It's about, uh, buying flowers and buying Hallmark cards and buying, you know, spending money on pointless displays of affection that in lieu of actually telling somebody that you like them and spending time with them you know having flowers delivered to your spouse's office or i i could rant about that
0: you could but we're talking about love not valentine's day i do love to rant and, and somebody else did show a little gob love this one was a little more of a concerning voicemail uh oh mm. Give me all of that
1: G O B loving. Why are you bringing the level of the showdown?
0: Oh, I'm bringing a level of the showdown. That's my job. Now, I'm just saying. Like,
1: Normally, it's my job. Why are you taking my job? <laughs>
0: I don't, was that Fletcher? It sounded kind of like that, Fletcher. that was Fletcher. He wanted he wanted to show that he has gobs and gobs of G O B love, and we appreciate that.
1: Fletcher, leave all your voicemails for Hog Story. They actually like to play that sort of thing.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, we had the number. I was kind of assuming at one point we would get you know good <laughs> questions for. You, you
1: assumed that having a phone number <laughs> would somehow improve our show.
0: Well, well, yeah, because I mean, we're we're only doing fifty shows, so this is like going out with a bang or something, oh, right?
1: Oh, no, th- yeah, this is this is you are trying to push the show off the rails so you can shove it off into a ditch and then
0: forget that it's there grumpy old Ben's is going to morph into something completely different now i mean we've done 50. that was kind of what that was the, was the the plan started by mark and george it was like well, we're going to do 50 shows and then see where we are and maybe end which i mean that so, kind of it was kind of like no agenda right where they did like 100 they were like well we've done 100 good we're done right
1: well, we're we're halfway there <laughs> we're so i there. have i have two Articles or stories in my notes that uh, are are things that just made me aghast. So I'm just going to read you the headlines and you can tell me whether or not you want to hear me complain about it. Uh, <laughs> one, one from Washington and one from Illinois. Uh, the Washington one is a, a bill introduced because of low voter turnout and because the political elite have become dissatisfied recently with people who are not politically elite in the state. um Exercising political will through popular initiatives, and they're starting to get really annoyed because it it's going against what they're trying to do. Um, this bill introduced would actually prevent people from voting on initiatives during odd-numbered years because there's low voter turnout. Uh, and yeah, you, know, you hear a lot of hyperbole in the media about how uh, you know democracy is in danger or democracy dies or something. It, it, telling the public that you are not allowed to vote because you keep getting it wrong. That is literally the death of democracy. Just letting you know. Uh, The other story is uh, a a bill. I just love this one from Illinois. The gas one that would ban adults from pumping their own gas. And (laughs) and it sounds like you're probably more familiar with this than I am, but I just want to hear about it.
0: But children can pump their own
1: gas then. I'm not sure (laughs) from the headline. That was what I got.
0: It said, send your kids out maybe
1: that's maybe that's a child labor thing maybe it's the all the 16 year olds that minimum wage laws have prevented from getting jobs maybe now this is this is a way of getting them jobs
0: yes well the uh as far as the first one goes i get it because if you want to slip something through you vote on it when there isn't a presidential election for the love of god Uh, It's always in the off years because they know nobody's coming out to vote and you can push anything through. So I really I do believe that most of those things should wait and they should do less voting. They should maybe not even vote on those years because
1: I I, I think I think rather than less voting, maybe we just have less laws. That that would be
0: good, too. Or for those. For those, I am Less fine letting people Less- vote by mail, vote by app, vote by text, vote any which way you want. When it comes down to your local little city trying to push through, like ours was, they tried for years and years and years until they finally got it pushed through for more money for like the library and you know schools, even though the schools and library don't need it. It was again we we wanted to keep pushing more and more property taxes, and people kept voting it down, and they kept putting it back on there. So I get. The reason there, and maybe some of these initiatives should only be voted for during the years that people actually care to vote or give them an easier way. Because most people, it's like, oh, it's not necessarily convenient. Our polling place is right close to our house, but if you work like my wife does, 45 minutes away, sometimes it's hard to get there before or after work, and that's bullshit. But I digress. Well, that's,
1: that's why you need to go to 100% vote by mail. Right. Vote Coincidentally, by. my, my, uh, presidential primary ballot uh, arrived in the mail recently.
0: Oh, you vote for Bernie? Uh,
1: and I noticed there you know—there are 11, 12 candidates listed on the Democrat side. Uh, there's only one listed on the Republican side, believe it or not. Really? Yeah. So the, the way that primaries work in Washington, which is uh, one of the reasons I'm probably not even going to use it, is you have to select which side you're going to be- vote. And then you can only mark on that side so you have to choose whether you're a republican or a democrat because of course those are the only two parties
0: are there republicans in in washington
1: uh there yeah there's got to be dozens of them (laughs) but anyways um so if you if you choose the republican ballot the only thing you can do is check trump or write-in but the thing the thing i noticed the most on the democrat side is that hillary clinton isn't listed so i'm wondering if she's uh, waging a massive write-in campaign or what uh, what I will say, though, is that whichever employee at the secretary of state's office prepared that ballot had better have their life insurance paid up.
0: Yeah, you're probably right about that. Uh, and as far as the gas thing goes, we were talking about that, my wife and I yesterday as well, that it's another push to put the big companies out of business you know, or the small companies, actually any gas station yeah, out of business. Yeah, we,
1: we can't have capitalism because Eventually, all gas
0: stations will be state operated. When it comes down to it, like our you know, local Meyer, who's a grocery chain, they've got gas pumps. The concept that you would have to have enough people to do full service, like these gas pumps, it, it, the gas station here, the one that we go to all the time, there's probably five or six islands, so you can get a car on each side of the island. So it, there's times when we pull up that there's 12 people filling up at once. Do you not realize if those have to be full service, you're going to need? I mean, maybe you can have guys do double duty, but that's a it's, lot of people.
1: It's not just that it, uh, you p- companies will go out of business because they have to have somebody when there's two cars per hour. They've right. still got to pay somebody the whole time, and then when there's twenty cars every five minutes, then that person is overwhelmed. And right? You probably don't have the staffing, so that's impossible to manage. Both ways uh, are the the entire idea and. and Even the article kind of pointed out like the person who introduced it said, uh, well, this is just meant to stimulate discussion. I'm not actually planning on getting it passed as is. I'm like, why did you introduce the bill then you psychotic bitch? But I might not have. I might have said that out loud.
0: Well it is Um, it is the way it is in New Jersey as NetNed points out. Yeah, yeah,
1: and uh there New Jersey is is a terrible place, and that might be one of the reasons why uh there's one other place in the country where that sort of thing happens, and I happen to grow up within pissing distance of Portland, Oregon. Um I I grew up in a little town called Vancouver, and whenever I said I was from Vancouver, people like, Oh, you're Canadian, eh? No, no, Washington. (laughs) Wait, Washington, you're from the East Coast? No, fuck you. But um
0: you when have issues.
1: we made a visit to Portland, you would never, ever get gas in Portland because it was 15 cents a gallon more expensive in Oregon than Washington because the companies had to do that. And it took fucking forever to get gas because you pull up and there might be four other cars there. And then the attendant is like, look out the window, be like, eh, I'll get to you in a minute. And then look, go like stare back at their porn mag or something, whatever <laughs> they're looking at
0: right it's like it was, who,
1: it was terrible that you can't
0: do your own thing i don't even understand what conversation is supposed to be stimulated here because who is this doing a service for i don't understand uh, the,
1: the people who would vote for that representative
0: yeah i i There's, don't know it, it doesn't to get make any sense you to have
1: to make a splash you have to make your name in the party you make your name by instituting social policies
0: i mean usually this is going to be you know pushed by well just think about how many more people could be employed and i'm like yeah people want the job of going outside in chicago like today when it's five degrees to go pump somebody's gas that's the job they're hoping for
1: if you're driving the car then at least you you're already i don't know individual responsibility that is the only direction that a society can function long term without crumbling from within individual responsibility and forcing somebody else to pump your gas is the opposite
0: of that yeah there's no doubt about it i don't get it i mean you they have to have every gas station legally here has to have somebody that can come out and pump your gas if you have a handicap sticker slash placard whatever so if you can't get out of the car any of these places if you show up and beep the horn they're supposed to have somebody come out i really want to know how that works but uh
1: well i i I don't necessarily agree that the law should be used to enforce that but i think that that's a fantastic way for a gas station to differentiate itself if, if they say you we've got somebody who can pump your gas if you need it but for all of us who are functioning adults who are quite capable of handling a gas pump on our own i don't yeah
0: it doesn't make sense i don't like it
1: when the law gets involved it always makes everything messy and less efficient
0: and then we're back to the topic of tipping as our buddy omaha points out and uh, yeah that never goes well i mean the gas station guy won't so, get tipped and, have, have uh, we talked about
1: love enough for one
0: day i think we have I and mean, we talked about the fact that we know nothing about dating and yes. that may be that may be another show if we can get somebody on that knows what they're talking about
1: uh, other than than clearly when i'm thinking about uh about dating i use too many vowels in the words that i use
0: when you come down to love and relationships we are experts so if you have questions feel free to send those along to us in any way shape or form but we both in uh in in long-term relationships which is seemingly getting harder to do I don't know. and I think it is because the I think as the next generations roll through, it just gets harder and harder because people then don't know what gender somebody is. And then, you know, you're hateful if you're a heterosexual man well, the, the who refuses to, to date of, of you know, transgender, then you're hateful.
1: I, I, I am going to remain optimistic. The pendulum will swing back uh, away from some of this leftist idiocy and people are going to become more sane in the future. I have to believe that lest. I go into some kind of suicidal
0: rampage. You believe people are going to get more sane.
1: I, I believe that most people are normal sane human beings who want to be left alone and get on with their shit and uh know what's best for them. And those people are boring and they don't get the press.
0: We can only hope. With that, we will bring this episode. Episode number 50. We're making it out of beta of Grumpy Old Ben's. To a close i am darren o'neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle america just outside of Chirac, where don't send flowers don't send candy just send your cash
1: and from america's left coast where it's not the number of letters in the name of your hookup app it's how you use it i'm ryan
0: bimrose how do you use it though i don't (laughs)